Liberty sees me, it stands by me, and celebrates me for who I am. When I come into the office, I feel that I belong here. I don't have to be corporate America Gabby. I can just bring Gabby to work. Reach your potential and find a job you love at Liberty Mutual. We offer development training, rich benefits, and a culture that lets you bring your whole self to work so you can pursue your tomorrow today. Ready to consider a career at Liberty Mutual? Find out how at LibertyMutualCareers.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome to season four of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the current state of customer engagement and what organizations can do to improve customer relationships by nurturing meaningful two-way relationships. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Matt Gillen, CEO of customer engagement platform Relay Network. Matt, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate it. Look forward to talking today. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to talking about this. I, I think it's a topic we are both uh, passionate about, so looking forward to, to diving in. Um, so why don't we start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Relay Network. Sure, sure. Background about myself. So I'm one of nine kids and a twin sister, and uh, you had to speak up at the dinner table to get any attention. So I'm really happy to know I'm on your podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's an entrepreneur, so I've had multiple businesses. And um, if you think about what we're doing now, like every business I ever had, I think was leading to Relay, which is the biggest problem that all businesses are facing is basically how do you get your customers engaged? And if you think about it, um, Greg, the the disengagement problem is costing businesses billions and they don't even know it. So, you know, one of the things I'm excited to talk about is how Relay is solving that engagement problem. Um, and it's become something that we're passionate about. So people ask me, what gets you out of bed every day? In the, every day? And for me, it's how do we solve this disengagement problem, let businesses understand, understand the cost of it, and help them start changing and creating customers for life um, and, and more valuable customers. Wonderful. Well, yeah, the looking looking forward to diving in. So, so I, was, um, I was doing some research for the show, and I read somewhere that uh, you've said the, the current state of customer engagement is broken. And there are many reasons for this, including some internal ones and potentially some external ones. How do you define broken, and, and what are some of the causes of this? When you say that it's broken, um, there's a couple. The way I define it is it's not achieving its objective. So... Customer engagement has one objective. It is to help businesses and their customers have better relationships, more profitable relationships, more trust, 
trusting relationships. And by any metric that you look at, um, those, those objectives are not happening. Businesses are not achieving at a high enough rate the business outcomes that they seek through engagement. And customers aren't happy um, with the types of engagement that they get. And so what's happening is after $6 trillion investment in digital transformation, what you're finding is that those investments have, you know, businesses and customers have never been further apart from an engagement perspective in the digital world. So you spend $6 trillion to distance yourself from your customers when, in fact, the goal was to go digital and build better relationships. So that's what we mean by broken. Well, and to kind of follow on that, um, and this touches on one of the things you said at the, at the very beginning, you know, we're here to talk about customer engagement, but, you know, there's the, the dark side of engagement, which would be disengagement, right? So how can companies wrap their heads around the cost of this customer disengagement? So when you talk about the costs of disengagement, the first thing you should look at is the value of engagement. So if you listen to all the analysts, engaged customers are five times more valuable than disengaged. And that makes sense if you think about it, because no matter what it is you're trying to achieve as a business, um, the thing that's required for everything. So if you're trying to drive more revenue, if you're a bank who's trying to drive better relationships, if you're trying to drive cost reduction and get people to adopt digital channels, every single one of those requires that you get the attention of your customers and that you get engagement. So engaged customers are five times more valuable. Now the cost of disengagement, there's a couple elements that we look at to drive that. Um, the first thing to look at there is um, the rate of disengagement is growing at a rapid pace. So customers have never been more disengaged. If you look at an average business, and the type of engagement they get, 70% of their customers are what we would call disengaged. And what we mean by that, Greg, is they might be either passively engaged where they might be checking their, you know, coming to the website every now and then, and the things that they're doing is more transactional, but none of them are engaged in a way that builds relationships. So when you think of the first cost of disengagement is the trend is that it's growing, and, you know, we'll come back to why that is, but the cost of it is, you know, if you have a disengaged customer and they're five times more valuable when they're engaged, well, they're also 30% more likely to churn. Yeah. So the way we look at it is a disengaged, disengaged customer is already churned. You just don't know it. And churn, if you can have a 5% impact on churn, when you think about the cost, just a 5% impact on being able to retain your customers 5% better, it drives a 95% impact to your profits, which means there's no single investment that a business can make that's more important than turning the tide of disengagement and driving true meaningful engagement. Um, it's the single greatest investment they can make. Um, and unfortunately, they're not investing there as readily as they could. They're investing in other areas, which we can talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounds like brands are very focused on uh, you know, looking at what they're doing right and, and kind of adding on to that. But, you know, what's what's the solution to this challenge of, of disengagement? How, how do you how do you help a brand solve that? Great question, Greg. So the solution to disengagement obviously starts with two things. Number one is you have to figure out why the customers are disengaged in the first place. And then the second thing you have to figure out is how can you drive meaningful engagement? So when you look at why they're disengaged in the first place. We believe it's based upon the massive investment that was made in going digital. So if you think about the old days, real engagement 
you know, you could walk into a location, you could engage with a human and they could get to know each other. They could build trust. They could really build a relationship. Digital makes that really hard. The world has been on a march for to self-service for over a decade. And so what you're finding is that the unintended consequence of that is that customers are as disconnected as they've ever been from the businesses that are most important in their lives. And they feel unknown. There's a lack of trust. And frankly, there's just a misalignment between what the business is trying to do and what the customers want. Yeah, so like so the solution from my perspective, number one is they, in order to drive a real solution by understanding what's causing the problem. And what's causing the problem is the investment in digital transformation has separated businesses you know, more than they've ever been from their customers. So the race to digital has created a major divide between them and their customers and the digital tools that they have invested in are not solving the engagement problem. So if you think about where they made those investments, they've invested in marketing automation and call center, you know, cost of care efficiency. So it's, is there any wonder why we have a disengagement problem? Businesses aren't focused on solving true engagement, the type of engagement which builds relationships, makes customers feel known, builds trust, and has the greatest impact on customer lifetime value. Do you think that, uh, do you think that the, the brands even understand the definition of, of what engagement should be? Or is it, is it more solving some problems with technology solutions like the ones that you mentioned? You know, so yeah. in other words, do they, do they know... It's a great where question. the North Star is, or do, do they need some help getting there? Well, it's a great question because if you were to go up to any business right now and you'd say, "Hey, um, you know, you go to 100 businesses, you'd say, um, are you looking for more engagement?'" The answer would be yes. Yeah. yeah. And then if you ask them, "Are you looking for engagements where you can better tie that engagement to your most important outcomes?" The answer would be yes. But the reality is, if you were to ask them, do they understand the value of the engagement they currently have? They wouldn't know how to answer it. And then so what we would ask there, Greg, is like, how do you think businesses are measuring their engagement in the first place? And it's, it's an old model. It's click-through rates. It's right. enrollment. It's portal visits, um, yeah, page views. And that, in fact, is not the type of engagement that we're talking about. And it certainly doesn't happen at the highest rate. If you look at those rates, for example, click-through rates, what do you think a good click-through rate is today in the market through something like email three to five yeah. percent maybe maybe we give them the benefit of that we'll say you get 12 of it right. but think about that that means if it's 10 percent, well 90 percent of your customers don't even see what you're trying to say yeah. is that good enough and if you think about portals you take healthcare for example large payers who are trying to really deliver value to their members well 50 percent of their customers are not even enrolled in the portal yeah so how are you going to cross that chasm and deliver real engagement, real value, if 50% of your customers are not even utilizing the portal. So half of the problem that you have when you ask your question, they all mean well, they're making major investments, but there's this nuance which has emerged and is demanding a new tool in the the marketplace, which drives higher engagement, the right type of engagement. You can't really drive value if 50% of your customers don't have a portal. And if you have an email to portal strategy where 90% don't click on an email, and the, those who do, 50% aren't even enrolled. Well, there's something broken there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the solution is really simple. Well, what if? What if you had a tool that everybody was enrolled with and it was designed in a way 
that every experience that they were engaging with, you know, was mutually beneficial. And these are the opportunities that I think you're going to start seeing in the marketplace, which is, you know, 70% of all engagement today is done on feeds, social feeds, news feeds, and yet not a single business out there has customer feeds as a key part of their strategy. Imagine if every business had a one-to-one feed with their customer where you didn't have to rely on enrollment in a portal. It came with the product. Open up a bank account, you get a feed. You sign up for health insurance, you get a feed. And so what, what we're starting to see as a key trend is that people look to new channels that can reverse this trend. And then once you have the channel in place, it's the type of content that's out there. And the content that, you know, you know, you're, you're an expert in this, Greg. And if you think about what do you think is the type of content that is most valuable if you're trying to build a relationship between businesses and customers, just generally from a type? I mean, I would say educational yes. materials. Yeah. Yes. That, ex- that explains the success you've had. Exactly. And think about it right now. All the educational stuff's buried. Yeah. If you're a bank, it's buried. And educational for where you are in your life where you are in your life stage with that business. Well, the educational stuff is how you build rapport and how you build trust. And you can't do that if it's buried on a, somewhere in a portal. It yeah. requires an email to get there. So what's really exciting when you think about this disengagement problem is the first thing you can do is you can address the things that are causing the problem and look at the tools that you've invested in. Um, and then you know the second thing that you can do, which I think has a major impact on fixing this problem, is once you look at the tools, you need to have the mindset, you know, to make the change. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you know, that, that takes people, processes and technology, right. <laughs> to do it's, yeah. it's, it's about it. It's a, there's not a silver bullet, right? Like what you're not going to hire one person or one team even and solve it. You're not going to buy one software solution, but it's got to take all that stuff kind of working together. Right. Yeah. And what's what's interesting is when the mindset, what usually drives the mindset, particularly for large businesses to make a change is when the things that they're using, when they can all agree, it's no longer, it's only incrementally better. Like the investments that they're making are not yielding a return. And that's the inflection point I think we're in right now. And I think businesses are waking up to the fact and, and the pandemic really fueled a lot of this, right? Because you can see what it does with workplace, um, you know, zoom and things like that for just getting work done but with your customers they now are realizing very in a very similar way what we've been doing is not good enough and so the mindset is starting to shift and they're starting to make investments and how we know that is you see things like chief experience officers chief customer officers so they're making an investment in title which is chipping away at the mindset and we are starting to see companies start to invest in brand new tools yeah. And it's just in time because the demographics that we're going to be serving over the next 5, 10, 20 years, well, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Uh, we're working with some Penn students here to do a side project for us for our business. We're based in Pennsylvania. And we were talking about feeds and portals, and literally they raised their hand and said, what's a portal? <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> what's a portal? There's, there's your next book. What's a portal? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So the fact of the matter is email to portal is not going to get it done for the future where we are. Customers expect a one-to-one individualized relationship. Businesses should expect that every customer is connected with them in a private, secure way and that they can start to meet each other where they are um, and build that trust with a brand new tool and brand new channel.
So investments in those types of things and then knowing how to measure is really, really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, in addition to the the, the world at large changing and changing rapidly and continuing to change, um, you know, your organization works with, uh, you know, I w- what I would say some particularly challenging industries. I mean, I, I have quite a bit of experience in both FinServe and, and healthcare as well. Uh, you know, yeah. from your perspective, what makes these industries particularly challenging? Well, it starts with what we just talked about. So both of them are highly regulated. Yeah. And um, in addition, they have a lot of legacy systems. Um, so that's what makes it challenge to sell in, but it's a huge opportunity. So if you look at both of them, they both stand to benefit the most from solving their disengagement problem. So if you think about, again, financial institutions and banks, historically, they've looked at what am I, what's my cost going to be to acquire? Maybe let's call it $500 to acquire an account. And their payback is based upon, well, I know if I acquire this account, well, I'm going to get a return um, over time. But what's now happened is that payback model is being challenged because the disengagement's grown and they're seeing higher churn and they're getting less customer lifetime value out of these customers. So while banks are challenging in you know, legacy systems and mindset, what's been really interesting for banks and for healthcare in the healthcare space is they get the greatest return on solving the problem. And so that's one of the things that's been very interesting. If you're able to um, engage a customer in the onboarding process. So for example, with us, we have clients, um, a large, large bank, 9 million customers. We started with onboarding. When the pandemic hit, they had, they brought in all their accounts online because you couldn't go to a branch, but 50%, 50% would not fund in the 45 day requirement. Mm. And Greg, that's all because of lack of engagement. So we were able to engage with them and some of these new tools we talk about. And you saw a 60 some plus increase in funded accounts. And so what's happening is you're starting to see and have data that says engagement is insidious across the life cycle. If you address it in each area, if you can address it in onboarding and from your existing customers and where you can re-engage them, well, some of their core measurements like average revenue per user goes up because if you build a relationship, well, then they're, they're buying more of your products. If you build a relationship, then they view as an advisor. If you build a relationship, then they are staying longer, recommending friends. That's that's where engagement really comes into play. Yeah, well, and I think it's also, I think you're touching on this too, it's, it's engagement when it's only looked at from the institution or from the brand's perspective, that's one thing, but it's also, you know, what is the, what is the customer actually, what right. kind of engagement do they actually want? You know, they the bank may have a, a multitude of products to sell them and cross sell and all that, but maybe someone's just doing yes. some research to buy a house or, you know, who knows what, and they just, yes. you know, to go back to the education thing. So how do you, how do you help brands listen to, you know, for the right type of engagement? So great question. Um, so if you think about it from your question was how do we help brands, you know, for the right type of engagement, but you started with the end user. Yes. So, We've, um, we've developed a technology which we call Relay IQ, and its sole mission is um, if you think about the types of stuff you engage with today, so let's take social feeds, um, YouTube, LinkedIn, what they're the great at is they're serving up the next best 
experience for you engage and it makes sense because they want to keep you there yeah. right so if you apply those tactics to what we do which is a customer feed well the way that we help both businesses and customers is we start with the stuff that businesses are already trying to say and we marry that with the things that the customers are made very clear is most important to them in their life and so the way we did that was we all have life stages that we go through so i'm 55 Greg, I hate to admit it, and I'm going through an empty nester stage, right? So imagine if the businesses in my life knew that. Yeah. And based upon knowing that and having a one-to-one connection with me, they could start to advise me, guide me, educate me on what's most important for someone at my stage in life. So the first thing that we do is we get great at understanding down to the individual who you are and where you are in life, and what does that mean to the ways that we can help and serve you as a business? And it's never really been done before. And they try to do it, but they don't have an integrated channel for that to happen. So imagine if you had a one-to-one feed with every customer and you knew who they were and you built enough trust, well, now you could really advise them for where they are in their life. And that's what this new approach that I think businesses are going to take is really all about. Um, So to answer your question, we look at where they are in life and then we engage with them and we build a rapport and a relationship on a two-way channel. A two-way channel where they're isn't a fall off well i didn't see it because i didn't click through where there isn't a concern about security and phishing where there isn't um heavy-handed trying to sell you stuff all the time and that's a very simple recipe for relationship building and for ways to have mutually beneficial outcomes between businesses and customers yeah yeah absolutely and you know so this is kind of i'd say this is this is kind of characterizing the difference between personalized content and, you know, personalized marketing and personal, right? So what what does that distinction mean to you? And, uh, you know, how how would you characterize that? Yeah, so the getting back to our conversation, personalized, you know, people sat in a room and they said, where are we making our investments? We're making them in marketing automation and we're making them in cost of care, you know, cost of service reduction. And hey, in order to achieve those objectives of getting more people in the door and servicing people at a lower cost and more easily, businesses said we have to be personalized. We have to have a degree of context um, at a minimum and says, I got to know it's Matt and I have to know a little bit about Matt so I can more likely sell Matt to bring him in. That's personalized. Personal means that you invested in tools and technologies which allows you to know Matt and engage with Matt in a in a bi-directional way um, and have the content purely related to education, advise, advise, uh, advisory, you know, um, the number one driver, according to Gartner, for driving relationship building from business customers is to educate them on the products they already have. It's a great place to start, mm. right? Yeah. So personal means I know who you are as a customer. I know the products you have. I'm going to educate you. And then I'm going to get to know you a little bit. And that's what I mean by personal. Um, personalized means I can template in your name and I know your zip code and I can generally try to sell you more things. That's the difference as we look at it here at Relay. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it, it, it does really make a distinction between, I mean, I think customers feel that. <laughs> I mean, personal is a very uh it's an emotional sounding word versus personalized but 
I think it also characterizes, you know, I know when my name has been auto replaced, you know, to the the point of the, in the email, right. Hello, Greg, you know, no one says hello, Greg, you know, it's, so, so except by take an automated the time email. take the time not to have it be in all caps like at least they figured that out <laughs> right right exactly yeah. exactly yeah. yeah nice well one last question before we uh, wrap up here um you know for those organizations that uh you know they may be struggling to to you know reach that level of engagement or fight the disengagement you know what what's a piece of advice that you would give them to just you know where where do they how do they navigate the months ahead yeah, so a couple things, right? And so we talked about the mindset one, and then to your point, that's a long, it's like a long lead item, and things have to fall into place there. But the advice that 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 we would give is, um, you gotta know. I would start by looking at the things that you're measuring, and coming to the company wide, you know, realization where you look in the mirror and you say, our base is disengaged. So come to that realization, and then put into place the simple things that you can do, the quick and easy things that you can do. Um, and those would be, there are some great solutions out there, not just relay that can help you start to solve your disengagement problem. So you gotta, you gotta measure it in a way where you can see that you have the problem. And then I would identify the quick and easy things that you can do and the quick and easy things that any company can do. Any of them is to start to just look at what you're sending to your customers you know, where, how you're sending it and what you're sending. And what you're going to realize is you're dominating a conversation and bludgeoning them into an inbox, an email inbox, typically around marketing, transactional engagement. And so the easy thing that anyone can do is to change the type of engagement to do what we call true engagement. And true engagement is mutually beneficial, meaningful. Um, so, between those two things, looking at how you can drive a higher rate of engagement through the tools that you're using and looking how you can drive a higher value of engagement by looking at the type of engagement. Any business can do that and measure that and you can implement tools to address that very quickly. Wonderful, love it. Well, Matt, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you and Relay Network are doing? Yeah, well, LinkedIn's always great. So Relay Network um, on LinkedIn, Matt Gillen on LinkedIn, and then relaynetwork.com. Um, our website is always, always um, a great place to learn more about us and what we're doing. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Matt Gillen, CEO of customer engagement platform Relay Network, for joining the show. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. You love podcasts, the stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast. 
now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.